So what exactly are you hoping is going to happen here? That you and I will eventually make a go of it. Not gonna happen. Well, this is a weird, wild world where anything can happen. Look at us. Super strength and mind control in the same house. It's amazing. Regardless, dinner is ready. I've had Chef Bouchard prepare your favorite meal, pasta amatriciana. That's your favorite meal. Now it makes me nauseous. I'll be having a liquid dinner. Another bottle, please. You ever think you might drink too much? It's the only way I get through my goddamn days after what you did to me. You blame me for your drinking problem? It's the truth. Come on, it wasn't all bad. I certainly had ended roughly. You call making me murder a woman ending roughly? No, 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 let's be clear. I did not tell you to kill Reva. What? If you remember, I said take care of her, not kill her. You chose to punch her. You goddamn son of a bitch. everyone welcome back to uh, gundam at mahq this is one of your hosts neo and joining me always is chris and solbro guys say hello what's up say hello say hello <laughs> say goodbye um and this is episode 171 of gundam at mahq and this is going to be an action-packed episode because we're going back to two segments oh my god Ooh. and uh, what, one of those segments is going to be our continuing review of gundam the origin the uh, manga uh, put out by uh, Vertical uh, Entertainment, and there, this we're going to be looking at or we'll be reviewing ep- our uh, volume episode, volume number eleven. So we got one Guess more. Guess your to origins go. confused, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so much going on, huh? Jeez. And we'll be doing that. Our thoughts, highlights, lowlights, whatever might be, whatever type of lights. A uh, lot less fading light, of course. We'll oh. be talking about. Yay. And then, man, this is this is great because this we're actually stealing from an anime movie night. I think because didn't you guys do this about a year and a half ago? Or we did, so, we did, we did it back yes, in season two. Greatest tank adventure ever. Um, <laughs> I like to call it the rise and fall of Kill Bore Tank, uh, but it's actually Maddox Madox Zero uh, One, and it's uh, about a forty-minute OVA from the '80s. And boy, is it '80s! So we'll be talking about probably, you know, mostly Kilgore, because he's the best best thing about this. Uh. <laughs> Maybe the greatest character in all of anime. Who Maybe. Knows? You'll find out. <laughs> if he was a politician, his slogan would be, a tank for everyone, a tank for all. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, guys, anything as I saunter over to the Lord Larry King. You are the king! You are the king! Memorial News Studio with some uh, Neo's listener submitted news. I was actually going to say Larry King submitted news. <laughs> Oops. Sorry. I'm ready to hear what's anything? happening. No, no, I'm good. Anything? 
Alright, well before I go into the news, I just want to hit a quick thing and um, I'm not going to go too much into this, but there will be a quick change with Gundam. Nothing big, um, as I'm going to be going overseas for nine months for my job. Um, I'm not going to go into too many details because that's not really relevant. And I just want to let everybody know Gundam will continue with Chris and Solbro. I mean, we've done uh, Chris's what, like, uh, semi-annual or uh, every every two years you have one. It seems like you have like a hiatus in the summertime, it seems. Like once every two years, I think. Um, so that, that'll be going on. So I just wanted to kind of hit that before anybody, uh, any rumors started. Like, you know, Chris is, you know, his uh, draconian rule has, has taken another victim and, and thrown me off the show. So that, we that's them not off the, the show, case. y'all. <laughs> Not the case. Um, I do believe the news is going to continue in some way or fashion. Um, please it will continue, continue as the Robophilia news, where we will <laughs> give praise to our benevolent Robo- overlords. Right, and then, then I guess what? You'll change it from survey news alerts to J.J. Uh, J. Abram. Um, <laughs> yes. Celebrate everything that's amazing about J.J. Abrams. Lens flare. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna call it uh, bad robot news. Everything <laughs> lens flare, '70s nostalgia. It's the Empire. No, it's not. It might be. It is Vader. Not Vader. Smoke blah, blah, monsters. Blah. You name it. Smoke we got it. Monsters. We got it all. <laughs> no Felicity news. Mission Impossible. <laughs> this just in. <laughs> Or, of course, you could segue that with the, what is it, the Steven Spielberg, uh, you know, fapping, <laughs> fapping moment. Dedicated <laughs> to J.J. Abrams. <laughs> that falls under the umbrella of 70s nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll be doing some Neos Listener Submitted News. And like always, you can always submit your news articles in the Neos Listener Submitted News articles thread in the Gundam section in the Mecha Talk forum. Oh, the first one here comes from Optimus76. And I'm just going to scratch this up to vaporware. I'm not even really going to go into this article or not, but Optimus76 uh, has a link to the Den of Gink website. And it looks like uh, George Miller has turned down the live action. Akira movie. <laughs> oh. Like, it's ever going to be made. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> what, what, what gets made? That or what is it? James Cameron, Battle Angel Alita? I mean, what? Oh, well, you keep reading your news. I'm sure there'll be some, something in regards to that coming up real soon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Thanks uh, for telling the news. Hey, hey, man, I'm just saying. I'm just putting a little preview up in there for you. I said nothing else. <laughs> Miss Rodmas76 for your submission. Mm-hmm. Oh, the one here comes from Lightning Count. And it looks like uh, there's a new original anime that's going to be directed by Gord Taniguchi, who directed such things as Code Geass mm-hmm. and X Sword. Oh, yeah. And he's got something called Act- Active Raid Mobile Assault Division Unit 8. It's going to come out in January of two, uh, 2016, and the premise is set in a part of Tokyo that is sent into Quagmire. The story follows Unit 8 of the 5th Special Public Security Section's 3rd Mobile Assault Division, properly called the 8th, who don powered armor, will wear exoskeletons to counter the rise in crime. There's a lot of numbers in this. The Unit 8 of the 5th Special Public Security Section's 3rd 
mobile assault <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like pat labor levels of confusion <laughs> it really is <laughs> pretty much oh thank you uh, mr lightning count oh man Next one here comes from EA Net, dude. And this kind of sucks because I actually received an invitation to go see this, uh, oh. I guess, as, as the special pr- press person that I am. Uh, Gundam The Origin episodes one and two are going to play at the Los Angeles Theater oh. on October 31st. Uh, too bad that I will not be able to make that because oh. I'm leaving in about a week or so. But God, but it's okay. Internet, internet, internet. There you go. That's deal so um but uh thank you mr EA net dude for your submission oh the next one here comes from uh ea net dude too and he's got uh some information from new york comic-con and i guess there was some gun and tiger bunny then tiger and bunny news uh looks like um the north american gundam releases from 2016 include zeta double zeta gundam x build fighters and build fighters try the Z- oh wow the zero zero nine movie trilogy box DVD box set are they going to redo that do you know Chris or is that it the is, same one I had it's uh, better video quality because it's based on the Blu-ray release okay but essentially yeah. it's still still the same yeah I, I have the I have the movie trilogy from back whenever it came out early two thousands maybe I guess or I don't know given that it's still DVD I mean it'll probably look a bit better than those old ones but. Yeah. You know, for people who already have the original release, I would say don't bother upgrading. Okay. But if you still want to support the release, give it to a friend as a gift. <laughs> and if you don't have it, then obviously get it. Well, I could buy the new one and give my friend the old one. There you go. That that's a that's a good way. So guess what you're getting, Chris? Oh, <laughs> I already have it. Damn. Guess what you're getting, Solbro? Because I don't think you have the movies. Do no, you? I don't have the movies. Actually, I've got the original oh, oh. TV series. Though, <laughs> if I don't take the movies off your hands, I don't mind. Oh, with the, with the tsunami. Yeah, with the original <laughs> edit of the TV show. <laughs> so, oh, and and more uh, reconquista Blu-ray and DVD for spring of 2016. Oh and boy. I feel the confusion. Uh, ooh, Solbro's favorite. Um, What's up? Gundam, shirtless, shirtland Asian orphans. The oh. dub is going to be looking to be coming out in early 2016. Yeah. And looks like there's a Tiger and Bunny live action Hollywood film produced by Ron Howard's production company. Oh, yeah. so, Imagine um, Entertainment? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So thank you, Mr. EA Net, dude. Oh, more New York Comic Con news. Uh, RX. RX-92, he's got a thing here. It's this uh, Funimation, uh, <laughs> subsidiary of Funimation, no doubt. announced the release date of Evangelion 3.3 whatever to the 42nd power infinity times 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be re- released on February 2nd, 2016, which I'm sure this will be the new release that will update. This release will come out probably February of 2017. So. <laughs> Because it just, it's just, it, it's kind of like Battlestar Galactica with Evangelion. It's happened before; it'll happen again. <laughs> so. Expect the delay, <laughs> but expect the large delay. So that, that's 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 the other thing. So, um, oh my God! Oh, and and this is funny because Vent Noir usually starts off all the news, but he didn't. But somehow. He was um, now. I'm like turning to the Shatner here. I'm like, but he's got this new news article. Something oh. that Solbro has was talking about earlier. Mm. It looks like James Cameron's Battle Angel Lita 
is going to finally happen. Without James Cameron. Exactly. Without James Cameron. That's as I'm reading. He's been trying to direct this for, this coming from io9. He's been mm-hmm. trying to direct this for God. a zillion years. Oh, yeah. Ever since the mid 90s. But it looks like he's going to have Robert Rodriguez do the honors. Oh. Which I kind of wanted. I like Robert Rodriguez, but I don't know about this, but. Okay. <laughs> he launched a great channel, but lately he's been on a losing streak film-wise, man. I, maybe well, the, maybe he needs... Mm-hmm. We do know that Alita will be hot, so that will be... <laughs> I just want to know, when are we going to have uh, Danny Trejo as like some messed up cyborg? Stop. Oh, it, you know what's going to happen, too. Oh, yeah, my God. Bad. And, you yes. know, and, it, and when it comes to James Cameron doling out work, like, for instance, he didn't really dole out the Terminator movies, but he, he signed off on Genesis... So I don't really trust his judgment, except with his maybe his own material. He didn't sign oh, off on Genesis. He had nothing to do with Genesis. Dude, he gave it. He gave it his endorsement. Y'all don't remember that, do you? Like he yeah, said, he watched that, the movie and he said, "Yeah, this is this is what I would have done with Terminator." Like like a week and a half before the movie came out. Then you go see that movie and it's like, what the? That's just <laughs> giving something uh, an endorsement that may be a back scratching favor for for something else. Maybe, maybe it's not the same thing. as being involved with sure. the oh, production of the oh. movie. He was an active producer. Stop, stop, stop. Breaking news. Right now, I'm watching the trailer for JJ Wars. Oh my God, look. Wow, it looks like I've seen this before. Oh, a guy going down into a pit. Oh, oh, a desert. They must be on Tatooine again. Oh, a droid. I haven't seen this before. Where's the lens flare? Where's the lens flare? Not seeing it, not seeing it. Oh, there's a girl. She kind of looks like Padme, but kind of maybe. Oh, the Lucasfilm, the mark of excellence just came up. Oh my god, when did the stormtroopers become black? Holy god, what is going on? They're back to Tatooine. Is there any other planet in the freaking empire outside of Tatooine? Wow, there's there's low rent Vader. Oh, come on. Oh, there's Vader's broken up old, you know, musty old helmet from Return of the Jedi. Oh, oh barbecue flavored. Like, yeah, barbecue flavored. Oh God! There's a star destroyer. Oh, look at the Millennium Falcon. Oh, those are still Tie Fighters. Where's it? Oh, black guy again with Padme. Oh, there's Han. Holy crap! He got old. How can Han? I thought he. I thought he's uh, not a very good pilot. I guess he's not pilot the Millennium Falcon around Santa Monica. Oh my God! X-wing fighters. Oh, there's. Oh wow! There's lots of fighting. There's the black guy again. What is up with this? How do black heroes? Black people. Yeah. Hashtag cut for worse. Exactly. It looks like they're back at the place where they got the medals in the first thing. Oh, there's the old uh, that that like V-shaped shuttle thing. Oh, mm-hmm. there's Chewie on and a bunch of fighting. Now they're on Hoth. Now here come the stormtroopers. Lots of action, but hopefully there's more than going on. This oh, old Leia. Oof. I don't think she's getting in that bikini anymore. So, <laughs> damn son, this is some brutal play-by-play. <laughs> so there you go. JJ Wars, The Force Awakens, or The Lens Flare Blinds. That'll be cool. <laughs> so get- there you go. So, bro, you don't need to go to YouTube after this. Oh, my God. Yeah, we recorded this as the trailer just aired during Monday Night Football, for those who were wondering. And, my, my, uh, and we, I go on to Monday Night Countdown. It's like, I just served the Mouse Overlord. Yeah. Back to the game. Yo, there's no treat that to hear Neil give a play-by-play on the trailer that he is not even excited to watch. <laughs> Hey man, it's all about the, that look corporate cool. synergy. Woo. No, it looked it looked cool. It looked I'm cool. not going to say it's cool, but I mean, 
it, I've seen a lot of it before. Nah, different. That's fuck. I'm just glad. It, I'm, 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 I'm glad I got something to look forward to once we done finish the episode. So props to Neil, man. But th- that just in, y'all. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Where's so, a Misa pot? Yeah, yeah. Where's where, was no no Jar Jar, y'all? No, no. I didn't see him. <laughs> oh, that, that might that might be that might be the twist. Oh, that might God. be the thing that it's gonna be like. Because you know JJ is kind of like the twist. He's kind of like a twist guy too. Oh. So that might be the twist. What about is, the villain? <laughs> the villain. The villain. <laughs> no, he played last night. He he's coaching the Patriots. Now. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, oh Was there any Luke? No Luke, right? Luke Luke is missing from the trailer as well, right? I imagine yeah, it would be. Yes, like Luke. About the dark side of the force. <laughs> Luke is missing, but I'm sure by the time you get done with this recording, you can go by the. I'm sure somebody will have a play-by-play of each millisecond of that trailer. Oh, I go shoot. When I when so, we finish, oh. I will see like 19 videos in my YouTube feed with breakdowns. <laughs> would you like oh. to become evil? <laughs> I, I kind of would. How 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 do I become evil? What what do I have to do to become evil like you? Well, you could start by murdering a bunch of children, <laughs> defenseless okay. children. Hmm. Okay, that's a, that's a, is, is that the first step in your pyramid of evilness? Yes. <laughs> okay. okay. You must. All right, hold Tax Okay. I killed once the children. You have done that. You will achieve. Unlimited power. <laughs> Don't Are you sure? What, what is this? This sounds like Scientology. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was Sith Sithology. <laughs> it takes money to be evil. <laughs> <laughs> All the money. <laughs> Those clone oh, troopers yeah. don't clone themselves. Expensive <laughs> <laughs> ass operation. <laughs> oh, oh man. Gosh. What? They're not just cut and paste into the <coughs> computer like CG backgrounds. I, I mean, ah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. So well, only there's a what? Only five clone troopers. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually just the one guy. <laughs> That's all they got left. <laughs> Oh. Is, is, is this, is this kind of like the Soviet Union in the 80s when they do their military reviews and it'd be like one bomber just sits there circles, <laughs> circles <laughs> over the square. It's like, oh my god, they got tons of these. No, not really. Just oh. one big bomber circling here. <laughs> and, be- and before you listen to start running in the hail of corrections for Neil, he knows it's not Tatooine. <laughs> he knows the oh, I didn't know. He- oh, well shit. I, I didn't know. It's just- <laughs> my bad. <laughs> They've been to Tatooine 50,000 times. Hey, you have so. every right to believe that. <laughs> I saw desert. I'm just like. But so, bro, mm-hmm. the more important thing is, you know, he doesn't care. So what does it matter? You know, there you go. No, real talk. <laughs> just, they're on another desert planet. I know it's cheaper to film on a desert. But, man, it's like, can't, can't, can't there be some lush green places for once that don't have Ewoks? Well, April's might surprise you. <laughs> So. <laughs> All right, enough with uh, JJ Wars. Well, get back to Battle Angel. Um, I- I'm glad to see that there's some movement on this. I- I'm sorry that it um, it couldn't have been Cameron, but you- we all know he's busy with the uh, Avatar movies for the next uh, ten years. I and... I will believe it when I see it when I see that release date. <laughs> you say you're sorry it could have been Cameron, but like 
what really would he have brought to the table? Well, he, he is a, he's story. a visionary director. I'm not going to downplay his ability to present something in. He would have given it the uh, really. He he's he has an attention for detail. He's not the best storyteller. Yeah, an obsessive I, attention to detail. Yeah, he does. But I would have loved That's to see him put those resources to Battle Angel Alita. But I should have known this is how it would be played out because that's how Spider-Man played out. That's how this is going to play out. And Robert Rodriguez is a very good director. He's just not been on this game recently. And the last thing he adapted was Sin City, the sequel, and that really sucked. So um, I'm hoping that he has kind of a rebound with this and he can knock this out the park. And I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, man, because uh, I know he's a very creative guy when he's not making the Spy Kids movies. So <laughs> who knows? But fingers crossed. I'll put it to you this way: When I actually see that it's a commercial for it, that it's going to come out, there you go. That's that's when I that's when I'll care because something like this, it could be like you know two weeks from now, a permanent hiatus. So, <laughs> yeah, like, like the Pacific Rim's two status. That was- <laughs> so, thank you, Mr. Van Noir, for your submission. Next one here comes from. Uh, Rodimus 76, and this is just a, um, I think we had talked about this earlier, but it's talking about their legendary and Warner Pictures wants to do a cinematic franchise uniting Godzilla, King Kong, and other iconic monsters. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, they, they dropped an uh, actual official press release for today, so they confirmed yeah, which it. I'm, which, I'm lo- which I'm looking at, mm-hmm. and it's, they, they got, uh, looks like they have here slated, Kong Skull Island, which is going to star Todd Hiddleston, Sam Jackson, uh, Brie Larson, John Goodman. Wow, there's a lot of people in this. New skinny John Goodman? Yo, son. <laughs> uh, so, and then Godzilla 2, which hopefully there's more Godzilla in this one. Let's hope. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then after that, it looks like there's going to be Godzilla vs. Kong released in 2020. Godzilla 2 will be in 2018. Kong Skull Islands 2017. So these things are way, way off. Before then, we'll be satisfied with Batman v Superman. <laughs> Why did you blow up Gotham? <laughs> but uh, thank you, Mr. Rod of a 76 for <laughs> this. This news does not excite me because what I want is Kong versus Godzilla versus Jaegers. Yeah, that's what I was hoping yeah. would, they eventually would announce. I was hoping that that was the reason why they put Pacific Rim 2 on hiatus so that they could add, you know, add that to the whole universe that they're building but looks like that's not the story at the moment. It could change cuz they it's legendary and they have the uh it, it the probably it probably won't but yeah. it it'd be a nice thing to think about. Yeah, I mean, it'd be kind of to cool. imagine. Well, well, I guess we'll see what you know, the future brings. And, and it would be the next like like evolutionary step of the Pacific Rim story because I mean Technically, if you really look at that first movie, they kind of stop it where it's like, okay, they sealed the breach and everything, and you know, there's no more Jaegers, and it would make sense. Oh, these monsters showed up again, but they're not from the dimension; they're from wherever, you know. So, and then, and then they gotta, you know, go go through that. So, all right, well, that's good for the regular news, and now for oh, some of the scariest news we ever get: some oh. real apocalypse news. Oh, shit. Is Neo so robophobic? And the first one here comes from Haromeister, and uh, it looks like, yes, the first casualties of the uh, robot apocalypse are going to be the people living in rural Japan because it looks like uh, there are some Japanese companies are trying to use these uh, driverless uh, 
self-driving taxis in the rural areas to help solve some of the transportation problems. So uh, poor uh, Japanese farmer is going to be the first one to get his face ripped off. So thank you, Mr. Haro Master, for your submission. Uh, the next one here comes from Vent Noir, and I, I have a sneaky feeling that Vent Noir is actually a robo-collaborator a robo because this really is not robot apocalypse news. This is a robot well, it's robot robo propaganda is what it is. I've seen this where they've talked about all the the driverless cars that they've been testing in California. That the accidents they got in was because of humans, and that the robots are just too good at driving. Yeah, believe that. Whatever. <laughs> so I'm labeling Vent Noir not only an evil and dangerous Australian, but also a robo collaborator. So exposed. <laughs> exposed. Yes. Human Defense League Australia chapter. Once you're done uh, pounding the. Fosters, go over and make sure we uh, have um, Vent Noir under submission there. So, thank you. <laughs> but um, uh, the next one here comes from, actually, yes, last one here comes from Rodimus76, and it looks like, oh man, this is pretty bad. Hmm. Uh, somebody created a robot with a human face that's programmed to er- learn like a baby. And uh, yeah, this is just really crazy. They call him Diego San. Wasn't that um wasn't that um what's her face? Um the little girl Dora the Explorer. Wasn't her wasn't her brother Diego? Yes, go, he Diego was. Go. Mm-hmm. So oh my god, they're gonna kill us with Diego. It's a human <laughs> it's a human uh, humanoid robot that was cre- uh, created to learn from the world just like a human baby. Mm-hmm. And it was created and engineered by ro- noted robo collaborator David Hansen for the uh, machine perception labs at uh USSD Institute for at Neuro Oh wow, this is right in the this is right in the heartland here down in San Diego. Bastard. Bastard. <laughs> gonna have to go the down heartland. there and protest. Go, go, gonna have to protest. So <laughs> thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission. And uh we actually got some Vet Noir, I think he's he think he's doing trying to do the old switcheroo because he actually has some human resistance league news. Yo, what? Oh, it's been so a while. I think I I think he's I think he's a double agent. So <laughs> he's playing both sides, man. He is playing both sides, but he's got a link here off of Gizmodo that experts warn the UN panel about the dangers of artificial superintelligence. Yes. Uh, during a recent UN meeting about emerging global risk, political representatives around the world re- warned about threats posed by artificial intelligence and other future technologies. So, yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, we've, been, we've been talking about this for a long, long time, how people are... You know, it's featured prominent experts, uh, Max Tegmark, a physicist at MIT, and Nick Bostrom, the founder of Oxford's Future of Humanity Institute, and the author of Superintelligence, Past Dangers and Strategies. Looks like a book that I'm going to have to start reading. Mm It might be part of Tomes. Mm -hmm. Uh, They both agreed that AI has the potential to transform human society in positive ways, but they also raised questions about how technology could quickly get out of control and turn against us. See, uh, See the Tomes. So, um, yes, <laughs> doesn't mean that we can't have technology. We just need to slow down its adoption. So, uh, thank you, Mr. Vent Noir for that submission. Uh, once again, I don't know if this is, uh, if you're playing both sides of the field or not, maybe, maybe you're like the Frangi, you know, war is good, for, good for business, but also <laughs> war is bad for business. So <laughs> bad for business. <laughs> That love hate, you know. It's 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 the Australian interpretation of the rules of acquisition. So, <laughs> as 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 as, uh, as Chris is sitting there watching the Star Star Wars trailer for the fourth time in a row. Now. <laughs> 
Huh? What? Huh? <laughs> well, we're gonna we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna close out the news with, of course, the best part of the news: the survey news alerts. Oh snap! It's so oh, give it a triple. Let's go. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Oh my God, that's bullshit. What the? F- Dude. We uh, bring the brewskis. A triple survey news alert. Oh, and the first one here comes from EA Net, dude. One of the senior survey correspondents. And uh, <laughs> looks like we have a, a link here from Collider and uh, Will Smith. You guys probably heard of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he thinks the Bad Boys sequel will release within the next 16 months. So, um, you know, it, it looks here that uh, EA Net, dude, he's always got interesting takes on this. He says, Smith talked to Zane Lowe on the Beats 1 show about the third buddy cop movie, quote, Bad Boys 3, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bay, saying, <laughs> <laughs> this is a quote from Smith, there is a very, very, very strong possibility that you see in a Bad Boys within the next 12 to 16 months, so... Uh, filming and he ain't even going to be in it according to him so hopefully they change his mind maybe they'll back up enough money to his front door to uh to, to get him in the film but i hope he's right <laughs> guess we'll see so thank you mr ea net dude for that submission and uh that's it for survey news oh so. damn <laughs> that's the one but no that, that's good though that's good well, um, tight but I, I do have some uh, a quick breaking. This got posted as I was reading the news, oh. so it's going to be very up to current. Is Rodimus seventy six has a link for the new Ghost in the Shell, the new movie trailer? Oh so, yeah, yes. Yeah, so check that. Wow, look at this night. JJ Wars Ghost in the Shell movie trailer. I mean, I, uh, Soul Bro Dance must you must be tired. Oh. I mean, <laughs> Soul Bro Dance is probably challenging the Carlton right now. So and, 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 much happening. I, I can't help but dance in my chair. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thank you, everyone, for all your submissions. And like I stated, just keep them coming. Uh, I'm sure the news will continue in some way, shape, or form. So, um, guys, anything before we go into our uh, Power Pack segments here? Since we no longer have any old-timey, as it was um, killed by Chris last week. Oh, he just parked it at the Shop. station, man. Shot, shot dead like old yeller. Yo, took it out back. <laughs> I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready for Kilgore the Origin, man. Let's go. Kilgore the Origin. <laughs> so, well, we'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Podcasting is king. You are listening to Gundam at MAHQ.
in a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. From a time long ago, in a basement far away, there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls, warranted and unwarranted. Is it him? Against Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. You're something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name... Chairman 025, Defender of Destiny! You shouldn't blame me! This is mankind's dream! Mankind's desire! Mankind's destiny! Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. This is pretty cool. Who shot you in the ass? Who? That who would be you? Me? I shot you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I was shooting. That was. I did a lot of shooting. I mean, but I, I, I ain't saying I shot you in the ass. I mean, I, I ain't saying I didn't shoot you. But gun Damn! Somebody shot you in the ass. Tell me about it. Enemy approaching. For you. Objects are moving quickly. Armed and targeting. Within range in 34 seconds, sir. to Gundam at MAHQ, and we now have the penultimate review for Gundam The Origin. This is Volume 11, A Cosmic Glow, which brings us to the Battle of Abawaku, and that makes up the entirety of the story, so I think most of our listeners know the basic beats of the Abawaku story, so I'm going to highlight mainly the changes that uh, happen as they do in every volume. So, interestingly, the very first one is that Cassilia's conversation with Char about his true identity and his motives mm-hmm. is moved up and happens before Lala dies. Yeah. 
And in the anime, his whole thing was that he had given up on his quest for vengeance because now he was consumed with hatred for the Gundam over Lala's death. Mm-hmm. But now he's got this song and dance about, you know, a bright future of new types and all that craziness. So, yeah. Yeah, a very political like answer from Char. <laughs> Is this the seeds of Quattro? Indeed. Stay tuned. <laughs> the tears of time. So, Abawaku begins, and Lala deploys in the Yelmuth, and Shars in his Gelgoog, and uh, that goes down exactly the way you'd expect, except for one notable exception, mm-hmm. which is that Sayla's not there. That's right. Yep. Because she gets to go back into the battlefield, despite uh, her questionable status, and she's given a special armored GM, nice. which she uses to smack down... Uh, Seamus, who's using uh, one of three Brabros that's out in the battle. That's another change. <laughs> yeah. So she destroys a Brabro and uh, has kind of a char look on her face while she's doing this kind of creepy. <laughs> but her GM takes a lot of damage, so she ejects her core pod from it and lands on a Bawaku after seeing Char's abandoned Gelgoog. And she tries to infiltrate and look for him. But she gets captured, so all of the dudes want to get uh, mega rapey with her, so she plays the only card that she has, which is to reveal that she's Artesia. Mm -hmm. And as she does this, a wave of rumors starts spreading throughout the soldiers at Abawaku. So, in the meantime, same old, same old, Solar, Ray gets fired, Revel and Degwin get killed, Cassilia has to fight her way from Granada to Abawaku with the Dolos and takes down a bunch of Federation ships, including um, Joaquin's. Mm-hmm. So now it's Bright's little ragtag group that's in charge, and he orders a full-on assault on Abawaku. And she does the... Cecilia does the usual with Garen of uh, capping him for having killed their father. And as a result of this, an insurrection begins against her, led by troops who have declared themselves loyal to Artesia. (laughs) (laughs) And at the same time, we have a brand new scene where Char is groveling before Garen, who also knows who he is. Oh, yeah. And he asks Giran to give him the Zeong, which Giran ex- agrees to and uh, talks about, you know, how new types are basically nonsense and, hey, you know, we're winning the war anyway, even without these stupid new type people. <laughs> but he also gives Shar a warning like, hey, you know, you, you fled uh, from Cassili after your failure into my arms, so <laughs> you know what that means. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, usually 80%, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the Gundam actually gets back to the white base after the ship crashes for resupply, and Amaro's kind of chilling on break. So Mirai engineers a little meeting between him and Fraubo, and they kind of uh, reconcile a little bit. But just then, Char shows up in the Xeong and starts shooting at them, so Amaro has to hastily blast his way out of the hangar. <laughs> he fights the Xeong. That pretty much all goes down the way you expect, and the uh, volume ends with uh, the last panel being the the final shooting, that famous scene. Ooh. 
So, Sobro, what did you think about Volume 11, the way it played out, and all of the changes to the story? Definitely a fast volume if you're reading it. <laughs> Whole lot of action, uh, not that much dialogue, but at this point you expect it because you're in the final, uh, you're in the final act of the series, so uh, things are moving pretty quickly. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty faithful, as you mentioned, to uh, the TV show, save for a few scenes. And that scene where um, Char uh, is confronted by Girin is actually pretty compelling, uh, especially since he wasn't completely oblivious to to Char infiltrating and in, uh, who he was and all that stuff, even though Char denies it which i think is awesome regardless of whether he knows or not but how he manages to get the uh to get the zeong i think is really cool like he convinces him to let him do it because he's consumed with the gundam's destruction and he's like he, at this point uh Char is captain ahab which is uh pretty cool you know that he's 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 pissed because uh lala's dead and he wants to enact his vengeance on the gundam at all costs even at, at the cost of his own revenge against the zombies but um all the while he's paying attention to how things are self-destructing within the family so you know he's not he's not oblivious to how things are coming apart of the zombies one, one of my favorite scenes in the whole manga is when he finds out that Cassilia killed Girin and he says she did it <laughs> and you see how excited he is he's freaking elated that that dude is dead and uh, it's, it's almost like another notch on his belt for uh, when he finally is going to be taking her out next volume so uh, at least uh, we got that to look forward to but um, how this is all coming apart is is pretty exciting, and and all the cha- it, it, amidst all the chaos, I really enjoyed seeing Sela take the GM out and that conversation that the other pilots of the white base had before she even got the suit. Uh, how Job John comes in looking pretty uh pretty annoyed that uh Sela is going to be the one to pilot it, but he's the one who knows the the princess is going to be piloting the suit. <laughs> And how Bright uh, pretty much uh, pretty much gives the okay for her to be the GM pilot and treats her like an equal on board the ship. I thought that was a pretty significant moment. Uh, even uh, Sailor recognized that. Um, what was interesting is uh, I don't recall this being in the movie or the TV show, but apparently uh, she goes into infiltrates a Baku and then reveals herself to the guys there as uh, her of true identity. Of course, that was never. Yeah, in was the, ne- not, I just I just said it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was never in. Uh, it, since it was never in there, it was pretty interesting to see the reaction and how um, it caused the mutiny. I guess amongst all the all the other stuff that was going down, like Girin's death. At that point, the whole leadership was in chaos, and some people wanted to use it as an opportunity to uh, fill the void of Girin with the rightful heir of the Zabia Zabi of the Zeon family. So um, it was cool to see them take her charge, and that the one guy who worked under Ramba Rawl. <laughs> what that that still lived happened to be there uh at a Bawaku and realized who she was and confirmed it and decided to take up her charge you know it was all he'll probably die pretty soon oh absolutely but the fact that Ramba's ghost kind of you know comes back in the form of that guy i thought was really cool and she remembered him and she actually thought of uh Ramba pretty fondly uh, uh for his uh for his intervention on helping to save their uh her and her brother so i, I thought it was a nice little uh, send up to him but uh, overall i think it was a, a really good volume um uh, they uh, yaz really hit home with the uh the death of lala and the the battle between lala shar and amaro and i think the artwork is beautifully depicted and overall the whole manga was just a delight to read man and uh, i'll toss it back to you neo what'd you think of this volume it's all right oh boy no <laughs> no it's actually um it's actually pretty good. Um, it's interesting how uh, a manga is able to kind of catch the, the chaos and kind of the desperation 
of the final battle, uh, we really get the sense. I think I think more so in this than you do in the movie or the animes that this is a real desperate time for the Federation too. I mean, you get that sense. Yeah, they lost Rebel and and they they lost some of their fleet, but it. it you never, you don't really get the sense that oh, you know, the Federation is in that much trouble. But in here, you really do. I, I think I feel it a little bit more um, that you know, as much as this was the last stand for the Zobbies, uh, this is the last stand for um, the Federation too. And it, you really get that desperation. A um, little weird that they would give Sela the souped-up GM only because she wasn't. Um, you know, she's an okay pilot, but she she really doesn't seem like she's. Uh, you, you think something like that they would have given to more of an ace pilot or something. So, I don't know. I mean, it it, it makes a little bit of sense, but well, they don't particularly have many aces left because everybody keeps dying. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. And and I mean that and and that and that's the thing too. I'm I'm, I'm a little surprised that it really didn't go to Job John or somebody like that. But whatever, it's fine. Well, the um, last couple of volumes of the manga, they've pointed out how well she's been excelling as a pilot. Uh, even even uh, Slager had okay. good things to say. And if Slager was still around, she it would have gone down to him. Robro, which yeah. you know, no, I know, and, and, no, uh, and, and, no and that's what I, yeah. and that's you know, and that's what I was going to get to. I mean, my God, easy. It's a oh, freaking sail it, sail it defense force. Hey, man, here. Uh, <laughs> yes, I mean, got to come for the I'm ice just, princess. I'm, I'm just kind of making an observation. It's a little weird, especially based on you know her statuses and everything like that. Fine, mm-hmm. it's and yes, it was cool to see her, and I do like the fact that they showed. Yeah, she took out the Bravo, but she she took a lot of. Um, she took a lot of damage herself, and this really must have been a souped-up GM because I thought the G, I thought the grunt GMs didn't have the core armor or the core fighter section in it. So this must have been they, a really they do in uh, they do in the origin. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Remember, it was originally the Gundam didn't have it. That's right. Yeah. They, they took okay. it apart and added the little added core pod. It. Yeah. Okay. So in some ways, I like. I mean, I always enjoy the death of Lala, but. <laughs> I, I, I sometimes, I, in some way, I kind of like it without Sela. It seems a little. It's almost in some ways she kind of, and she yeah she did muck up the whole thing and all that. But you know the we really see Char on the ropes on this, and it really does you know a little bit more looking like man Char was going to get it at this. I mean, it, it seemed like at this if if Lala did not step in, Char Char is definitely a goner in this. And you can even see by his reaction where he's like, "Ooh, maybe I shouldn't have pushed the way." I pushed. Oh, yeah. So I kind of did like that they didn't have Sela in there. So I, I think it makes the death of Lala even more personal. Uh, to Char, as we're as we're gonna see, of course, the shooting of Garen. I could see that all day. Um, <laughs> it it seems even even more graphic and and and, and satisfying. It did in, in this. So very interesting, though the whole thing with the Rambaral um, follower and you know the uh, Zeon loyalist. I forget what that guy's name is, but. Um, it shows you. It really shows, in a way, why Zeon really didn't win. Because uh, you know there there was that you know the the Zabi loyalist, and you had the Zeon loyalist. So you know it makes a little bit more sense, and and especially in a situation like this where all hell's breaking loose, a uh, great opportunity for um, um, you know this stuff to happen. 
always loved the scenes with Shar uh, and Sela about the whole great reveal. I always thought that, you know, and, and like I've always said in the past, I think she's probably my my favorite Zabi. I think just just you know she's the one that it seems like she kind of got it. Um, you? Oh man. Yeah, I I, di- I mean yeah, she's horrible. She's a bitch, and you know she's dirty dealing and all that other stuff, but. It always seemed in the end she really understood what they were doing as a more of, you know, freaking Garen with his, uh, you know, his uh, God complex and stuff like that. So that was good to see the desperation on the white base. Another great thing to see. And like you said, the, Bra- the Bravo squadron, you're, you know, it's one of those things that was kind of lost and, and, and rightfully so with the, the short conclusion of, of the TV series and stuff. You, you would think, you know, as all these, as you're getting to the end there, you're going to see all these lingering new type weapons and, and, and things like that. And of course, um, uh, the epic battle between, uh, the, the, the Zeong and, um, the Gundam. <laughs> I, I got him. Nope. <laughs> Which I always, I always still wonder. It's like I thought the new types could feel crap, but it's like for some reason he couldn't feel that Char wasn't wasn't emanating from the chest. He was, you know, he was up. But you know, whatever. It, it, it makes for good stuff. So uh, uh, definitely a fun read. Like Solbro said, uh, don't have to worry too much about um, exposition or uh, having to, you know, get get your eyes tired for reading stuff because there's quite quite a few pages there where it's just uh, just action scenes. So, but um, overall, great. Like I said, really captures the desperation and the real last stand thing of Balaku, and in, in, in a way that um, we kind of come to expect from this from this book. So, back to you, Chris. I will echo Neo's statement about the the desperation of the war for both sides because you know on the Federation side you have multiple characters mentioning several times that if the Federation doesn't win this battle, that's it. That's it for them. Oh yeah. The war is lost. And as dire as the situation was in the T V show and the movies, they never expressed it in in such stark uh, levels like that. And and I think it really comes out and I failed to mention this when you have the um the scenes with the uh, Federation high command with the politicians and they kind of have the discussions and it's like, you know, the, the desperation and, you know, what's our final play and stuff here. And that's, I think really what kind of set the stage stage on that. So, and that's yeah. a, that's a notable addition as well because the anime never ever shows the civilian leadership of the Federation during the one year war, which led many people to presume that the Federation might've been under martial law that whole time, because you never see civilian leaders. You only ever see military people like rebels. So, you know, this confirms at least in the origins universe that yes, there is indeed a Federation civilian government in control, even during the one year war. Absolutely. And looking out for their best interest of, man, if we lose, what's going to happen to us? I thought that was pretty telling. <laughs> yeah. And well, just, you know, just, it's, it's, it seems that the yeah. civilian leaders of the Federation are as competent as the military upper command. <laughs> Except, though, that, that guy in the high command. I did like him, though, because he's like, you know, you could tell he was a career um, oh, just, desk jockey. Yeah. Well, no, the, 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 the officer. Oh, the, yeah. The oh, okay. Officer. Yeah. He, oh, he was, you could you could tell he was kind of a career death death jockey and probably not really somebody that was in frontline command, mm-hmm. but 
he at that point he kind of knew what was up. It's like, hey, this is what you guys wanted, and this is how it's going to be. And <laughs> you know, yeah, you had to realize that if we were going to do something like this, there was a chance we could fail. Well, you know, uh, in a poll a few years ago of Japanese fans, mm-hmm. uh, Gop was the most hated character in MSG, or one of the most hated characters. Really? Okay. Yes. What? Because if you'll recall, the first time he appeared, and actually the only time he appeared in the anime, was in Jaburo, when he yeah. was the one who spilled the beans about Mirai being engaged. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right. Yeah. Goodness. And I think he does it in this, too. That, that scene, yes. I believe, plays out in Origin the same way. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> wow. It does. So that alone made people, everyone hate him. So imagine if this scene had happened as well. Him just sitting there calmly pouring his coffee or tea while these people are whining and complaining. <laughs> but I, I liked it, though, because it, it was like he kind of th- I, I felt he really just kind of threw it back at him. It's like, hey, this is what you wanted. And, you know, we could tell you everything you want to hear. But there is a possibility this could fail. So, yeah. You know. Uh, another change that's kind of interesting is that after Cassilia kills Garen, she decides to blow up a Baoku rather than sneak out the back door. That's true, yeah. yeah. And you see her making a case to you know, the upper-level staff that uh, Zeon can survive because of the homeland and Granada, and she's trying to recruit Garen's top-level people to her side, which is an interesting little bit of politicking in the middle of a battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, a change for what uh, she was doing you know, instead of just sneaking out the back and campaigning. letting everyone, everyone else get captured instead of her. Campaigning on self-preservation. Pretty much. Uh, I did like the change of Lala's death being pushed back into a coup proper because it just sort of adds to the feel of the the sloppiness, the desperation of the battle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the emotions running high, whereas in the anime it's just a separate engagement right before Bawaku. So I I endorsed that change. Um, I did like the new Sailor stuff because it gave her something more to do other than her fighter getting randomly blown up and her ejecting and getting in the middle of Amro and Shar's saber duel. Yeah. yeah, instead of being like an impediment to the scene, she actually is off dealing with something on her own. That one guy that she's fighting, what's his name? Simon? Simone, whatever it is. Seamus, Seamus. who is a woman? Oh, what? Let me fix my face. (laughs) Every time I looked at that character, it's like, why? Why does this character remind me of Maximilian Genius? Just, just terrible. (laughs) That, that was, that was, oh man. Because she sucks. Yeah, pretty much. But, uh, yo, so there was a woman on woman battle and, and Sailor just whooped her ass outright. (laughs) Practically no contest. Although her, her GM got destroyed. Um, at least half destroyed. But, yeah, um, I mean, but she's still that's not no her. contest. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. she lived, so they. <laughs> that's the contest, I suppose. But uh, a good scene, regardless. I'm glad she got to like fight on her own and not have to be an impediment to shore and causing uh, uh what happened to happen. So the other uh, thing that I really enjoyed about this volume is, given that there are so many important moments that happen here. Mm-hmm. It's, at least it seemed to me that there were a lot more color pages than usual. Yeah. Because there's so many key scenes that need to be colorized, such as um, Amaro and Lala's new type trippy yeah. scenes, mm-hmm. her death, uh, all of the panels leading up to the 
last shooting. So just fantastic work there, both with the color and black and white pages, and makes me wish that uh, the entire series is, is in color, which it slowly is being colorized, but uh, digitally and yeah. for Japan for uh, the Kodansha website. So yeah. like, damn it, been buying all these damn volumes, and now they're co- colorizing the damn things. Oh, they, Sons of bitches. That's crazy talk, man. Hey, at least we got them. <laughs> I guess I'm not, second. Compl- I'm not. I'm not complaining too much, yeah. but uh, you know, what about it, it, it's have. yeah. It, it kind of it kind of sucks when you when you hear stuff like that. It's yep. like we finally get it, and then oh, by the way, now Japan's getting it colorized. Oh, yep. awesome! Better luck next printing, fellas. <laughs> well, it's it's you know the consolation is digital only, and they're doing like one or two chapters a month, so it'll take them forever to get yeah. it done because you know they're probably taking their time doing the colorizing rather than just you know slapping it in photoshop it's like here let's just toss some colors onto this how'd you um how'd you feel about the uh the conversation between Shar and Casilla where um and i don't remember quite remember if it was like this in the tv show but he actually admits to when he uh when he killed uh uh garma that he felt an emptiness um, well, it's the exact same as in the anime. Yeah. The anime, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah there was like, nothing, nothing different about that. Like I said, the, the only difference in that, well, there's two differences. One, the scene being when it happened moved yeah. up to before Lala's death, and two, yeah. um, making some more mention of uh, the olden times from absolutely. the uh, yeah. flashback arc. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like it was. Yeah, just, but the whole the, the whole thing with Garma, though, he mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it 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 just seems like in that whole conversation to me. It, it, now that we've seen the flashback arc, we know more about Shar and how he got where he is. It it, it seems like it's, he's come full circle, and it didn't seem in the TV show it seemed insincere, like he might have been lying to her. But you can see at least there's some truth to what he's saying to her um, when it comes to you know getting his revenge on the family, and then finally realizing that you know after running into you know after going through the experiences that he did, it was more important to him to, to go on this road to becoming a new type and I see where that's going to lead him as opposed to um, getting his revenge on a family that at the end of the day is going to end up destroying themselves. <laughs> well, that's, that's looking a lot into it because I, I really just get the fact that he liked Garma a lot and yes, yeah. he he's finding out like a lot of people do when they're on a quest for revenge that it's not as satisfying as they think it's going to be. Yeah, that's so. true. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, that that was definitely in the in the anime. I've just enjoyed his character development throughout the whole whole the whole manga, even though it's a retelling of the original series. But it just seems to go miles further thanks to this manga series. And if there's one big thing about Gundam: The Origin, uh, I would definitely uh, commend Yas for actually making that character even more three dimensional than he already was. The other thing I enjoy about this volume, even though it's a, the thinnest one. Mm-hmm. of the series so far is that the last chapter was just the knockdown drag out fight between Amro and Char. Oh yeah. And you really feel all of the hits coming in and even when the uh Gundam's face blows up it, it there's just this one weird panel where you see like the eye behind the camera lens and it kind of looks like it's freaking out as it explodes. It's a very <laughs> very strange moment. In the midst of this, and then obviously, you know, what better place to have a cliffhanger ending than the the last shooting? Oh yeah, and done in such brilliant detail. I also enjoyed that new conversation, that new scene between Shar and Garen because they don't actually, they don't ever really cross paths in the anime that I recall. No, I at don't all. Think so. I don't, I don't think, think so. 
removed from each other for the most sh- for the whole show. You know, and he had he had some conversation with pretty much every other zombie in the anime. So, you know, it's only fitting that he has one with Giren as well, who knows about who he is. He's like, hey, you know, Cassili is not the only one with an intelligence network. <laughs> I'm glad he pointed that out. I'm yeah, I, I, I did. I did appreciate that, too, because they sometimes, you know, it, it might be just because of the, the time constraints, but of the anime, but it, it almost seems like, yeah, Giren's this dangerous guy, but then how wouldn't he know? That Char is, you know, Caswell. <laughs> you know, he 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 is a he is a you know a devious mind and all that stuff. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. But yeah, that that was a point too. That was good to see him get with him. So in total, good penultimate volume that ramps up the story and brings us to the conclusion we've been waiting for with a crazy battle and you know. Lots of little tweaks to the combat. You see all these GMs. Uh, you'll also notice a whole bunch of uh, Pegasus class ships. Yeah, that was cool. Oh yeah. In the battle, including some that at least one that gets destroyed by the solar ray, which uh, kind of reminded me a little bit of Double Eighty Three when we had a couple yeah. of uh, Pegasi there <laughs> that also got destroyed. So that was a neat little change. And why don't we do some? Some ratings. So, Sober, what do you give this one? Um, I would give this volume, I believe I'd give it like uh, four dome shots out of five. <laughs> R.I.P. Girion. Uh, you no good bastard. <laughs> Neo, what do you give this one? Um, I'm going to give this um, four out of five Gion legs. <laughs> Even though I'm going to give this one five out of five spontaneous mutinies. There you go. <laughs> so, Neo, it, it occurs to me that uh, after three years of reviewing this series, that you will not be around to review Volume 12 with us and close things out. Oh, so why don't you give us a review of Volume 12 right now? <laughs> um, it was and good. We'll just, insert it, we'll just insert it into that episode. Um, I like the way that they tied up the story. The fight between Char and Armora was epic. They really tied up the, the 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 war well, and we can see that everybody has a nice little epilogue of what they did immediately after the war and things like that. It was amazing. I give it five out of five uh, honorable discharges. So, <laughs> well, there you go. There you Hopefully. Go. Watch it be the worst volume. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it also occurs to me that you're going to miss out on reviewing Orphans with us. So why don't you give us a review of the entire Orphan series right now? I, I it's it, it was good. It reminded me a lot of Code Geass with a shot with a with a splash of Gundam wing. And a, it, it felt a little bit like Magic Mike because nobody has their shirt on. So, um <laughs> But in terms, I think it's it made me realize that uh, Reconquista is a great show now. That oh, oh. there could have been some better things to do with this. So, <laughs> what, what's your uh, your rating for Orphans? Oh, I will give it uh, of 
four Channing Tatum's out of five. Oh, I thought you were gonna say I'll give it five Kuntalas out of five. And what what will you what rating will you assign it um, after the next Gundam show comes out? Oh, after that, it's gonna get five out of five uh, revisionist history. Um, <laughs> or or uh, f- five out of five uh, um, reevaluations. <laughs> there you go. It's 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 a sliding it's a sliding review scale. <laughs> yes, it is. Always changing. <laughs> it is. So that'll bring this segment to an end. Uh, we'll probably be talking origin again very soon, but this time it'll be episode two of OVA, mm-hmm. and. We will have the final review of the volume of the manga, Sans Neo. Well, not Sans Neo because we have his review, and so we'll just drop it in. There you go. Well, either, depending on the shipping and holidays and all that craziness, either we'll close out the year with Origin or we'll start 2016 with Origin. We'll have to see how that works out. Amazon. (laughs) Don't fail me. Amazon. Yo, Chris's nemesis. (laughs) It is like, it's like, oh. Jeff Bezos is not your friend, is he? Not at all. No, what'd you do to him? Send it to me by drone, Amazon. <laughs> I mean, you know, it you're, time. you're like, uh, even like, he's treating you like Apple and Google, you know? No no, no Chromecast or Apple TV <laughs> available. On well, <laughs> Volume 11 did manage to arrive on time, which is the only one that has, so small. That's crazy. I, I, I actually get them early. I actually get them like a day early. Well, do you have Prime? Yeah. That's why. Oh. <laughs> Mystery solved. <laughs> yeah, but I, I remember even when I didn't have Prime, shipping was always pretty decent. Unless it was the holidays. Holidays, it did kind oh, of yeah. suck. Well, but, you, you might have been next to some, like, regional distro center. Yeah, it's true. There is a big one in, like, Jackson. Vegas, I think. You know, all, all of my stuff comes from, like, Kentucky or Tennessee <laughs> or some stupid nice. place. So, Jesus. <laughs> not anywhere There's near There's nothing by. in between Miami and, and Kentucky for Amazon? Apparently Holy not. God. Oh, my gosh. So anyway, that'll bring us to an end for this segment. We'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. I know you. And I know when you got something brewing. What I got brewing? You what I got brewing, right? You tell me. You done lost your goddamn mind. I can't stand the silent treatment, Ibuki. Come on, I said I was sorry. Uh, Kagi, will you please just shut up? Ayama, you tell her. I didn't mean to say she wasn't dating. Things just pop out of my mouth sometimes. Besides, what does my opinion matter, right? I'm just a moron. Call me a moron, Ayama, please. No, really, Akagi, it's okay. You're just saying what you think. And what you think is that I'm undateable. Just some loser girl alone every night. I never said that. But that's what you were thinking. That's why you popped out of your mouth, right? I don't know, maybe. So, you admit it. Hey, you called me a maniac, remember? Yes, because what kind of man in his mid-twenties spends half his paycheck on toys? What? They're not toys. They're richly detailed model robots, and I love them. Oh, yeah? Well, at least I have something to love. You wouldn't know love if it came over to you on the... Shut up. Can you hear all this? You heard all of that? Oh, please, no! Suddenly, there was a terrible roar all around us. And the sky was full of what looked like huge bats. All swooping and screeching and diving around the car. 
And a voice was screaming, Holy, Holy Jesus, Jesus, where are these goddamn animals? everyone welcome back uh we're going to be going into our second segment of the night and that's going to be our review and thoughts of a uh, 1987 classic uh called metal skin panic maddox one or really what i like to call a man in his tank the story of kilgore um <laughs> uh, this is about a 40 45 minute OVA um, kind of a one shot it's um, pretty interesting just a really quick self-contained story of a kind of a exoskeleton slash mobile armor type of uh, power powered armor type of vehicle uh, called the Maddox one we see that it gets uh, kind of stolen from um, well at first we see it doing some simulation testing with um, U.S. tanks, and we can we see that this is basically the next wave in tank warfare. Uh, we get introduced to probably the greatest character, one of the greatest characters of all anime, definitely, really the true lead of the story, uh, Kilgore. Uh, he's a he's a U.S. tank commander, and uh, he he ain't really seen any of this stuff with your old bucket of bolts powered armor suit because you know tanks are uh, tanks are where it's at and, and and if he was elected president it'd be tanks for everybody gonna give tanks to everyone it's gonna be awesome tanks, but son. uh <laughs> tanks son but um and of course we see that the maddox one is uh being delivered via semi truck and somehow it gets um stolen ends up in the care of a young Japanese boy in Tokyo called well not really young but teenager called Koji Kondo uh, of Koji, course Koji Sugimoto <laughs> Koji Kondo is the uh, the Gundam manga artist Koji Kondo is the Nintendo composer <laughs> of Mario and Zelda alright well uh, Koji's whatever Koji is uh, and of course he can't help but not open it up mm-hmm. and um you know for such a important prototype thing just like any mecca it's very easy to operate and get into because <laughs> all it says is here you just open this oh press this to put it on <laughs> so, easy to get into not so easy to get out of which is why this story even exists mm-hmm. exactly basically like chris just spilled the beans here the guy gets in it basically can't get out of it and we see him go through adventures throughout uh the city of tokyo including uh, uh buying some shrimp tempura at a a uh, convenience store going down the freeway uh and people just acting like this is really just out of um you know nothing to really see here just a guy in a a powered suit and of course um uh the military uh is tracking this because they want to get their suit back uh basically it comes down to you know of course kilgore talks about he's going to take it out with his tank and he gets into his tank and he does his tank stuff and starts (laughs) blowing up things and uh what what was the doctor's name it was um the the woman 
Ellie, yeah. Doctor, yeah, Doctor Ellie. She was uh, she's in charge of the Maddox program. Of course, she takes the zero two suit, which is, um, or actually the zero the zero zero suit, the prototype suit, because the zero two suit was not available. And she's trying to get to Koji before Kilgore does. And we see that Koji, you know, just an all true mecha anime. He's uh, he's kind of an idiot savant, I guess, with this uh, <laughs> with this thing. Starts taking out Kilgore, and unfortunately, probably one of the worst scenes of the show is at the end. Kilgore is uh, fires two uh, cables up onto the Maddox, and he's trying to roll up the side of a skyscraper. And finally, um, he's—I forget what he said to Koji, but Koji's like, "Oh yeah, I could eject out of this." It's the ejection thing. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> <laughs> the weight of the take and not being able and not actually having anybody controlling it anymore. The Maddox falls down, and Kilgore and his tank end up in a pool at the bottom of the skyscraper. And that's so much for the the ends of the legend of the legendary Kilgore, legendary tank commander. So, um, and of course, um, uh, the we we see kind of the aftermath, and it looks like they're going to try to salvage stuff. And uh, Dr. Ellie's uh, pretty much impressed, with, you know, that no one else really got hurt. So the end. Chris, your thoughts of Maddox Zero One or like what we call a man in his tank, the story of Kilgore. <laughs> I think uh, Kilgore probably would have had a lot more fun if he was in Dominion Tank Police instead. Yes, <laughs> I think yes, he would. He would. Yes. Yeah. Him, him and Bertain be, be the best of boys. <laughs> like, yeah. Blow everything up in the name of the law. Yeah. He, he missed his calling. <laughs> He did, um, but you know it, it's 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 a really silly, dumb story because it's a forty-minute OVA predicated upon the notion that this idiot Koji gets himself locked inside of a mecha suit and can't figure out how to get out of it. But he goes about his business. He he goes and buys some snacks on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And nobody's bothered by this. He's just sitting there eating. He wants to go meet his uh, girlfriend, who he's gonna break up with, and. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's just going about his business and, uh, you know, accidentally blows up people in helicopters as a result of the uh, oh, yeah, suit's right. yeah. defensive ability. So, oh, unintentional yeah. murder. <laughs> so, it's it's just, it's a dumb story, but it's fun. And if you look at some of the people who worked on this, like Shinji Aramaki, uh, Masami Obari, Kimitoshi Yamane, it's sort of like, uh, I, I tend to think of it as more like a, a training ground for lots of guys who would go on to do many, many big projects. Mm-hmm. That seems fair. You know, just a way to hone their skills and practice uh, drawing cool mecha in lots of different poses and styles. Yeah. But it does give us Kilgore. It does. <laughs> what, what, what were your thoughts of Kilgore and his he, tank? He's, he's, he's the Kilgorest there ever was. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, he... he he also uh, probably would have fit in well in uh, in Igloo too with the tanks because oh like, yeah, yeah 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 popping pills like, with the best of them be like I ain't afraid of no ghost <laughs> oh, that's true that I ain't afraid true. of no Shinigami be asking for the be asking for the same prescription <laughs> <laughs> so Chris uh, any anything else about um, your thoughts of Maddox Zero One or the story of a man in his tank the story of Kilgore. Don't go into it with high expectations, but you know, just go into it expecting some popcorn mecha fare, and you won't be disappointed in that regard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
So uh, it's 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 quick watch. So Soul Bro, it's, this is actually probably what the second time you've seen this in as many years. I've I would seen, say I've seen it about three times in in three. as many years. Um, oh, okay. I, I would I I somewhat want to call this accidental accidental pilot afternoon because pretty much he's only in that suit for a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> but um when you when you get the meeting koji he's just some dumb mechanic that uh just happens to look upon that suit i gotta go back for a second and talk about how that suit ends up in his lap the military having a uh having a con u.s military having a contract with this japanese corporation decide to move this suit on a regular transport throughout tokyo without any kind of uh armored guard around the truck that they're hauling it in and it's because some dude falls asleep in the wheel killing himself <laughs> that the yeah. truck does a flip and then the suit ends up just comfortably in his uh in it right right in the truck at the back of their uh uh their their shop and it, it could it could it landed even right side up which blew my mind <laughs> and it has no tracker on it except for when it's actually activated exactly it's like dude you didn't put a tracker on the box itself and yet this piece of technology, which you're already afraid of foreign powers wanting to steal. Like they brought up, what, what did they brought up? The Eastern Bloc? I think they brought up in a conversation about yeah. them wanting to get their hands on the suit. It's like, dude, if you're worried about, um, you know, espionage playing a factor in, in other, other countries getting the suit. Because, of course, this is made during the, the, the Cold War. So, you know, that, that's, that was on the minds of the creators when they created this. I guess assuming that the Cold War would still go on. And in many ways it did. But, uh... <laughs> Since that was a concern, they just let this suit just drop into the hands of this kid who who manages to get it upstairs into his apartment, which blew my mind because that suit must have weighed a damn ton inside that box concentrated. But he managed to get get it upstairs. A literal ton. Yeah. (laughs) Him and his boy. And he's all worried about his lady friend um, getting ready to leave on some trip to go start school in another country because of... Apparently, he's too much of a dead end for her to have a bright future, so her father's sending her off to school somewhere else. Well, so. over, overbearing Japanese father. Oh, That's boy. A, Check that off the trip. list. <laughs> the first of many tropes. And um, as concerned as he is about that, he's going to fiddle with this suit instead of uh, meeting up with this girl like he's supposed to meet up with her. After finding out from his friend that she wants to meet up. So. I mean, hey, really, who who wouldn't want to fiddle with uh, a mecha yeah. suit that just practically falls into their lap? That I mean, is... could you could you blame yeah, the you, guy? I mean, I can't. I can't. I mean, and, and that's what makes this such a fun watch is because you really don't see like weird fare like this anymore. It's not an idea that can last the length of a whole movie, and it's an OVA that's really only going to get one entry, and that's it. It's not something that's going to kick off a series. It's meant to be one and done, and I thought that that makes this very charming when you watch it. It is. So dumb, but <laughs> at the same time, it's a lot of fun if you just retire your brain when you get there. Especially when you got characters like Kilgore, who's just fascinating to watch. He is he is Captain Ahab in this mofo. <laughs> Literally. He, Captain Tankhab. Captain Tankhab. He gets bested at the very beginning by this tank simu- tank against mech simulation. And he is just carrying a chip on his shoulder because I guess he he's afraid he's gonna get uh he's gonna he's gonna become obsolete and no one makes Kilgore obsolete son no one. Well, and it, and it just it just shows you how like short sighted he is because a guy like him mm-hmm. is probably the best type of candidate to be 
you know, a, the Maddox pilot. I mean, there's still some tank things that, you know, you're still going to probably employ tank tactics Absolutely. when it comes to using this thing. But, you know, he's just so unwilling to, <laughs> you know. He's like, you know, he's like that dude at the turn I of the refuse. century. He's like, that, yeah. he's like that dude at the turn of the century who refuses to give up horses. Yeah. <laughs> Steam power is never gonna, never gonna work. Exactly. It's like yo cars. I'm not trying to hear no cars. (laughs) Man, these horseless carriages will never take off. See, they're just a a passing fancy. Just a a fad, and that's it. It's like, bro, this is the future. You you are the first in line to get on board with this and be a badass at a new form of uh, a new form of combat. And you're just going to ride your tank. And the best thing about Kilgore is not only does he ride in the tank, he refuses to get inside it. He rides yeah, the tank on top of the tank, half his body exposed because he's that badass. He's like, he's like Rommel in the desert. Yeah. You know? I mean, you see this, this old movies where it's like a general Rommel of the Nazi army. You know, it's like <laughs> he's always on top of his tank, like using his binoculars to see, you know. What what allies he's gonna knock out next? Yeah, oh, yeah. T- yeah. Kilgore is just, and it's so funny too because you can tell this is the you know it's such an eighties movie because there goes a point where he's they're like, what do you want to just make the downtown downtown Tokyo to another Vietnam? And he's just like, yes, I want to make it to another one just yeah. to show how badass I am and tanks are. <laughs> <laughs> the man puts on face paint. <laughs> <laughs> Right in the tank, yes. He knows how to do it, yo. This man's got such flair. It, it, and the final scene is like so diehard-esque to me because they have to go to the Nakatomi Plaza or wherever the hell they're going to have this final show out, showdown between Sue. This, here it's here. It, well, remember, Nakatomi's in L.A. Oh, this yeah. is the Dark Tower <laughs> in, uh, in, in Tokyo. Yeah, so... <clears throat> Yeah, but, but very reminiscent. They had yeah. to have that battle, and then of course he dies falling. <laughs> he doesn't even put himself inside the tank where he might have a chance to survive since he's inside the tank. He's like, "Nah, man, I'm gonna shoot this dude. I'm gonna shoot this empty robot suit with my gun <laughs> as I'm falling to my death." Even I, though, uh, even though this came first, his his fall to his doom, sticking out of the tank, reminded me very much of Last Crusade. Yeah. Holy oh yeah. <laughs> This, maybe this could have been the uh, inspiration. Oh, yo, yeah. Spielberg, yeah. we know your secrets. <laughs> Kilgore. He's, he's like, <laughs> we'll talk to Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I say, I just want to say one word to you, Mr. Spielberg. Kilgore. Oh, yeah? Kilgore. Oh. <laughs> Greatest state commander ever. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Exposed. But so. watching Kilgore work is an absolute joy. He is the the... The typical. I mean, he's, 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 what really makes, he's what really makes this show great is because a, a lot of the stuff with like Koji going around and just being kind of the, the goof is stuck in the suit. Mm-hmm. It's cool, but then, you know, it's just, like just the passion and all the hatred <laughs> of Gilmore. He, so. He's the definitive two dimensional villain, but he plays it up with such ham. I, I I I am just transfixed the whole time. We we watched this on uh, Anime Movie Night last year, and I was just dying at how ridiculous this was. Uh, me and me and my boy show, and um, it was uh, it was it's been a joy to watch this again for uh, Gundam because um, you know again it just reminds me that you don't see fare like this anymore, especially when it comes to mecha anime. And this is definitely a casual watch for anybody who wants to just check it out. It screams eighties. It screams 
just just the the abnormal OVAs we used to get back in the day. And if you get the chance, definitely hunt down Maynux 01. I, I suggest watching it with the English dub. It makes it that much cornier. And I love that. It, the dub is so bad, it's good. <laughs> well, you mentioned that it's uh, out of print. It was originally released by Animago and I think was one of their first domestic releases in America. Oh, yeah. I think so, so yeah. You could, you could probably find uh, used... DVDs for it pretty cheap, or you know, there's always, of course, the the methods network. Of course, if, if all else fails, but um, yeah, I, I definitely recommend it as as nonsensical as it is. Well, um, but but Neo, please take take the floor, man. It's all yours. Well, no, no, that's, I I don't really have too much more to say, but I was just gonna say, Chris, during uh, during the '80s, weren't a lot of these studios just like flush with cash, mm-hmm. and that's Absolutely. what this got is, kind of this stuff. This is this is kind of, the of that era. Because yeah. this was the height of Japan's bubble economy when you know companies would throw tons of money into anime movies and you would see OVAs and movies that are just gorgeously detailed mm-hmm. for the most part. I mean there were cheap productions back then, but you know, these days an OVA doesn't necessarily look any better than a TV show. Whereas back yeah. then you're guaranteed high quality animation, almost feature length, and you know, the OVA as it exists now is not the same as it was back then. Sadly, just a you know a lost kind of dead thing as a result of uh, the recession over there. And this is the early days of the OVA too. Like OVAs just got their start around the time that uh, this came out, so they were just pretty much experimenting with what they could get out there and what people would pick up and buy. So it makes me wonder how well this this actual OVA did over in Japan. I guess well enough for it to come out here in the states. So. Uh, there's at least that, but um, did you mention uh, Shinji Aramaki worked on this as well? And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I did. Oh well, let me yep. fix my face. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's cool that he worked on it, and Obari worked on it too. And uh, you can definitely, I'm watching it as I'm talking now, just to just to take a look at like the uh, the detail and the shading and all that stuff. And you can definitely see Obari's touch on this too, uh, with whatever scenes he worked on. But yeah, it's gorgeous when you watch it, man. It's a, it's very well done. Okay, so uh, any. Ratings, uh, Chris. What were your ratings of of um, Metal Pain? What is it? What's what's the uh, what's the top Metal, metal Skin, skin Panic? Panic <laughs> Maddox One, or what we like to call a Man in His Tank: The Story of Kilgore. What would your rating be for this? I'm going to give this uh, three and a half out of five uh, questionable transport procedures. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're going the procedural route. I, I, I get you. I get you. The internal controls were not up to snuff on this one, it looks like, was it? <laughs> I, I think uh, any military would would uh, not approve of these methods of transfer. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Solbro, your, your thoughts, your ratings, final ratings of Maddox 01 or Kilgore and his tank. I, I, you'll definitely have a fun time checking it out, um, but I would probably give it uh, three out of five difficult to eat fried shrimp shrimp tempuras <laughs> mm. and um and Kilgore licking his lips <laughs> um I'm gonna have to give this a, a three and a half uh, up promotion for you know from his current um rank because he died of uh, for Kilgore so uh three three and a half yeah three three and a half promotional full upgrades full honors yes full close casket though and I'm wondering if he he's probably stipulated in his will to be buried in his tank. 
<laughs> will he achieve that? That's for sure. In fact, he did become one with the tank. I, I will say that. What, so, what are you um, talking about? Adventures of Kilgore coming this summer, bro. <laughs> the story continues. Uh, prequel, probably. <laughs> but, um, yes. You can't kill uh, this guy. He's a legend. <laughs> like we said, uh, definitely, if you're looking for super detailed story, no. But if you're looking for something fun, um, not very long, and a, a perfect example of just kind of the over open open sky thinking that was going on in the 80s when it came to doing OVAs. Uh, th- this is a great example of it. So uh, we'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Transformers. Well, you should check out Gundam at MEHQ, a wonderful source to learn about the Autobots. Yes, and once I learn about them, I will be the leader of the Decepticons. What was that, Starscream? Nothing, Lord Megatron. Nothing at all. We're looking for a few good new types. Over the last couple of months, the Gundam Nation has been getting together to play Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus. We call those sessions EX Versus the Gundam Nation. Well, we as a group recently upgraded to the sequel to Extreme Versus, known as Full Boost. We're inviting you to come on out and play the new game with us. Even if you don't have the game, you can watch our live stream and also join in the conversation that we hold on Skype during the stream as well. It's not only a gaming session, but a social event for mecha and anime fans as well. If you have the game, you can add the PSN ID, The Gundam Nation, which is the tag that we use to network all the players for the sessions. Also, make sure to add to your Skype the contact of Shinjuku-Station. So you can have a chance to join the Skype conversation during the stream. If you want to watch the stream live, make sure to head on over to twitch.tv slash fighters ready and follow us there so you can be alerted to when our streams begin. If you missed any of our sessions, head over to youtube.com slash and you'll find a lot of our sessions that we've already had archived there. Just be in mind that the conversations held in these sessions may not be safe for work. For more details on the event, make sure you visit Gundam.net and click on the EX versus the Gundam Nation section. If you enjoy the game, the podcast, or Gundam in general, then you owe it to yourself to come on out to EX versus the Gundam Nation. We'll see you there. Here's to being dead. You're taking this extremely well. Taking what extremely well? That I'm here. I don't give a goddamn if you're dead. Or time traveling or the ghost of Christmas past. All I care about is this whiskey. So bottoms up. Get the hell out of my house. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. 
You're listening to episode 171, where we reviewed, ep- sorry, not episode, but volume 11 of Gundam The Origin, and also the 1988 OVA Metal Skin Panic Maddox Zero One, and um, both very enjoyable to different degrees. Hope you guys hunt those down, and hope you guys enjoyed our reviews. Uh, again, we're running kind of long, so uh, we're going to hold off on mailbag. But uh, next episode, we're setting aside time to knock out some uh, some mail mailbag uh, messages and whatnot. So hope you guys uh, are excited for that, and hope you uh, have your letters read next episode, uh, fellas. Before we uh, close things out, any questions or any anything you guys want to bring up before we uh, hit the deck? No. Uh, Neo actually is fucked from the show. We're, we're just uh, <laughs> all the conspiracy theories are true. There you go. Yes. Yo, all, all. I got. I, I got the. Uh, I, I actually got the. Uh, the. The. Um, I was treated like a Twitter employee. I, I, I during during Solbro spiel there. I, I actually tried to get into the uh, moderation thing on Mecha Talk, and I was locked out. So <laughs> that's when I found out about my firing. <laughs> Welcome to 2015. <laughs> Yes, Atlas Shrugged. There's a Atlas there's a Shrugged. there's a spot waiting for you on 4chan so you can be bitter <laughs> about my continued tyranny. Yes, yes, I will complain massively there. No, uh, I'm not fired, but yes, I will be gone for a while. Um, I will probably be back uh, maybe halfway through this. Uh, it just kind of yeah. depends, and I'll also be lurking around on the forums and stuff so um don't you know like i said I, i'm not going to go into too much what i'm doing um just, just for whatever reasons um and please just leave Solbro and chris alone about this <laughs> i will talk about it when i get back um you know if you know that when it's what's appropriate so um you know and everybody it sucks that i won't be able to do iron-blooded orphans um, and then with the upcoming Macross. So I think I've actually dodged a bullet on this one. You bastard. 2007, <laughs> 2008. So may, may, maybe these reviews will be a little bit shorter because you only have two people going on them. But um, I understand uh, now. <laughs> yes. It's all, it's all a master plan. We've been played, Chris. <laughs> like further my career or get out of doing dual reviews. Get out of doing dual reviews. No, it's but no, it sucks because yeah, you know what are what are the chances of this happening? Which will probably be two years later anyway. So who knows? There you go. Because I mean, it's looking now that we're going to be having a Gundam every every year now, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and there might be a few surprise appearances by Neil within those few months, depending on the schedule and and what we can manage to cook up behind the scenes. So. Um, if anything, I, I hope uh, we, we do get interspersed with uh, appearances from Neo from time to time. Um, and uh, if, if anything, we'll hold down the fort while Neo is away, but he will I'm return just, to the show. Yes. Continuous survey news alerts, though. Everybody, will, spam them. We will keep, we will keep the fire or, lit. Or. <laughs> we'll keep those explosions going. That's what we'll do. Remember, there are survey movies coming out in 2016. Oh, so. my goodness. Yo, Benghazi movies coming right around the corner. Benghazi. Benghazi, son. Oh, hey, Benghazi, because I haven't heard enough about that. <laughs> or, like, last four years. Yo, politics. But, uh... <laughs> excited Megatron times. did it. Megatron did it. You know what? I, I'll, I'll take that as the answer. But <laughs> Megatron did it. <laughs> that, that, is the, that is definitely the culprit. 
But uh, thank you guys for, for your patience. And um, before we close out, make sure to check out these websites. Head on over to where the magic happens, mahq.net. Visit there for reviews of many mecha-related animes and manga series. Also join the conversation at MAHQ's official forums at mechatalk.net, where you can find forums for this show and other MAHQ and Shinjuku Station podcasts. There you can comment on the thread for this episode or others and submit questions for future podcasts. If you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam, and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche, and the pedal bear of the South, Tomopop's own Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes, but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. YouTube.com slash Gundam MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Chaos Theater MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Fighters Ready. YouTube.com slash Shin Station Fight Tube. And YouTube.com slash Shinjuku Station. Last but not least, make a beeline to Shinjuku Station's home for live streaming. That's tinyurl.com slash Shin Station. Every week we stream live with anime commentaries like Shoji Ramaro's Anime Movie Night and live podcasts like our new show, Barbecue Night. Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash Shin Station and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams as well as archives of our most recent sessions. And that's it for Gundam and MHQ episode 171. We'll see you guys next time. Come on, that translates to like 30 days of Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. And let me tell you, those are some orphans you don't want to f*** with. I'm scared of those orphans! Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku Station and MAHQ.net joint.
You saying you'll arrest me? There will be consequences. Captain, you seem a little defensive. Well, it's been a long day. If we can't accept limitations, we're no better than bad guys. That's not the way I see it. Sometimes I want to punch you in your perfect teeth. I just want to make sure we consider all our options. Because people that shoot at you usually wind up shooting at me, too. You know what's about to happen. Do you really want to punch your way out of this? What do we do? We fight. this if I had any other choice. But he's my friend. So was I. <laughs>